Greetings, fine, noisy people of the NorCal and beyond. I'm Lob Instagon. And I'm Austin Rich. And together, we are... Noise Stallions! We are here to tell you all about a most bodacious and excellent virtual happening that is afoot. NorCal NorCal Noise Fest! That's right, Lob. The NorCal Noise Fest is the longest-running noise event in the country. Whoa! Whoa. And this year, it'll happen in the screen on your preferred electronic device of choice. Virtually happening in any room of your house. Virtually, literally, virtually. No way, dude! Way! I heard, too, that... NF 2020 will feature an outstanding array of amazing sound artists from all over the international world and beyond, and will even include an appearance by one of the actual wonders of the modern world. Whoa! It's going to be virtually happening, literally, over the NorCal Noise Fest channel on YouTube. So you need to have a computer or a smartphone to find it. Listen up, my dudes. It will happen over October 2nd through the 4th. Starting at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Friday, October 2nd, and we'll broadcast exclusive material and live streams from over 75 artists. Like, it's going to be the most excellent virtual and quarantined programming, my dude. The The best best noise noise fest fest ever. I'm Lob Instagon. I'm Austin Rich. And And we we are are Noise Noise And we'll see you at NorCal Noise Fest 2020. More details at NorCalNoiseFest.com. Meanwhile... You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia. And welcome to another exciting edition of Mid-Valley Mutations here on klfm.org. And this week, uh, you know, I need another uh, breather, as they say. So it is the NorCal Noise Fest preview show where I'm featuring uh, some wonderful performances from NorCal Noise Fests of the past. Ooh. Which is a, a good thing to uh, mention, actually, uh, because uh, there's actually a lot of stuff that you can find to enjoy if you're the kind of person who wants to revisit the past. Uh, And probably one of the best places to do that is to go to the NorCal Noise Fest Bandcamp page where you can find downloads of all sorts of stuff, uh, including old performances from the fest. They record everything. So, uh, I mean, let's see, I'm looking at stuff from 
2013, 2006, 2006. Yeah, look at that. So yeah, there's you know, tons of uh, old uh, live performances and whatnot. And uh, you can also get merchandise. Yeah, old compilation CDs, buttons, that kind of stuff. Uh, and the new compilation CD, which should be available in the store very soon. There's also uh, other merch that's going to be available and whatnot, if that's kind of your bag. But uh, this isn't about the merch, as it were. Uh, it's mostly just me kind of helping give you a little uh, insight into what's going on. What you really want to do is uh, come to the fest this year free from your home on YouTube. You can watch and enjoy the festival without having to leave your pajamas to be honest <laughs> um yeah just uh, youtube.com the norcal noise fest channel uh, and there you will be able to find live starting at 6 p.m on friday all the performances it's going to be pretty wild uh, we're going to have people who are performing live via stream from wherever they are we're going to have pre-recorded videos that were produced uh, of artists performing, some music video type things. Uh, it's heavy on video art this year, which is going to be kind of cool because that's uh, what a streaming service does best. But uh, you will also be able to hear none other than Mini Mutations, myself, performing live on Saturday. Uh, and actually, the other project I'm in, Noise Stallions, is also on Saturday. So that's going to be a fun day to watch. But... Friday and Sunday night are nothing to sneeze at, so you really should be just kind of kicking back this weekend and enjoying some loud, loud music. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're going through some performances from past shows, different artists. Uh, right now we are getting into some Juice Machine, which is always fun I, I do quite enjoy them and uh, they're uh, just out of eugene so um kind of local uh or my neck of the woods as they say but uh i i find them to be one of the most interesting artists that are currently working so uh yeah let's dig into this and some more stuff from noise fest's past here on mid valley mutations
Valley. You're listening to klfm.org. Memories, Memories of, of noise, fast, past, past, and beautiful split Croatia. Mutations.
You're listening to KLFM.org. Memories of Noise Fest Past. And beautiful split village. Mutations.
Let me know his family.
Mid Valley. You're listening to KLFM.org. Memories of Noise Fest Past. In beautiful Split Croatia. Mutations. people of the NorCal and beyond. I'm Lob Instagon. And I'm Austin Rich. And together, we are Noise Stallions! We are here to tell you all about a most bodacious and excellent virtual happening that is afoot. NorCal Noise Fest! That's right, Lob. The NorCal Noise Fest is the longest-running noise event in the country. Whoa! And this year, it'll happen in the screen on your preferred electronic device of choice. Virtually happening in any room of your house. Virtually, literally, virtually. No way, dude! Way! I heard, too, that... NF2020 will feature an outstanding array of amazing sound artists from all over the international world and beyond, and will even include an appearance by one of the actual wonders of the modern world. Whoa! It's going to be virtually happening, literally, over the NorCal Noise Fest channel on YouTube. So you need to have a computer or a smartphone to find it. Listen up, my dudes. It will happen over October 2nd through the 4th. Starting at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, Friday, October 2nd, and we'll broadcast exclusive material and live streams from over 75 artists. Like, it's going to be the most excellent virtual and quarantine programming, my dude. The, the best, best noise, noise fest, fest ever. ever. I'm Lob Instagon. I'm Austin Rich. And, and we, we are, are Noise Stallions. And we'll see you at NorCal Noise Fest 2020. More details at NorCalNoiseFest.com. 
in Tucson. It was a beautiful, crisp, clear, blue sky with a few puffy white clouds. It was the perfect January morning. Forty-year-old Arizona Congresswoman Gabby Giffords was about to meet constituents at an outdoor shopping center. I went to thank her for her being kind of a blue dog Democrat and really working for the people and not for the lobbyists. which we mentioned earlier, it ties together the school shooting and the Russia investigation. Even by Trumpian standards, this one was provocative. And then legislation voted down. How could they vote that way? The government's not supposed to tell you what to do. So, Zeke, the president took aim at the FBI Saturday. This follows a call from Governor Rick Scott for Director Christopher Wray to step down. What are the chances of that, and what would it mean? All the while, the gun lobby grows stronger. From my cold, dead hands. <laughs> Darn cheap guns! Never work when you need them! first person she met with was a young man that was in the Army Reserve. Took some pictures with him. That was the last picture taken of her before she was, before she was shot.
gun reform and gun safety is a huge issue in our country. You know, politicians receiving money from the National Rifle Association is absolutely absurd, we believe. And we believe that there needs to be stricter background checks, there needs to be stricter laws, so more children don't die. That's the biggest issue here. Children are dying. 17 children died at my high school this past Valentine's Day, and that was 17 too many. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. You never think you're gonna hear a gunshot at school, and that is why this is so important. making sure that this is the last time we ever have to go through this. No one should ever have to endure what we went through on Wednesday. No laws could have been 
able to prevent the hundreds of senseless tragedies that have occurred. We call
And that's going to do it for us this week here on the program. Memories of Noise Fest's past, where uh, I actually play some recordings of old Noise Fests uh, that I have been to and enjoyed. Uh, and uh, we kind of heard uh, after Juice Machine, way, 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 way back when, uh, a little bit of Chopstick, uh, always a, a treat. Uh, and followed that up with a MK Ultra Megaphone. Remember them? <laughs> uh, it was my first time at Noise Fest uh, uh, with a Heritus of Devil's Club. And that was a lot of fun. Uh, introduced me to this entire scene and crew uh, and really kind of turned me into uh, the, the, the Noise Fest loving friend that I have become. Uh, followed that up with some holiday special because, uh, man, I likes me some holiday special. It's right in the zone for, for what I do, so uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, we had uh, another uh, different uh, uh, time I was at Noise Fest, uh, billed under the name Austin Rich's Mini Mutations. I think I only played under that name twice, and uh, this was the only other time <laughs> that I used it. And actually, by then, I had changed the name to just mini mutations, uh, but I don't think uh, Lob got that change in time, which is fine, actually. Uh, more, I'm more than happy with uh, with that old name, but uh, yeah, the, the project has evolved, as they say. <laughs> uh, you're hearing a little bit of uh, John Frank and Don Haugen, uh, which uh, I mean, when they get together and perform, it's uh, ooh, it's something it's something special. So I, I'm I'm always uh, pleased to um, to hear them uh, play. So yeah, I think I might actually kind of wrap this up and and just enjoy the end of this. So uh, don't forget YouTube.com. Find the NorCal Noise Fest channel. Uh, everything will be live starting at Friday at 6 p.m. and Hang out on the stream and the chat and whatnot because we will be announcing some Zoom after parties where we're going to be hanging out and just, you know, enjoying ourselves without performances to be distracted by. So uh, if you like all that kind of stuff, that's how you want to get in on that stuff. Um, yeah, what else can I say? Uh, ooh, I mean, we've been really busy this year, strangely, which is uh, good, actually. Uh, has been kind of keeping us on our toes and there's some fun stuff on the horizon uh so i'm 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 excited uh the weather is changing i'm putting some halloween stuff together for some upcoming shows you know this story very well if you listen to this program with any amount of regularity so i don't necessarily need to say all this stuff but it's another way of me kind of getting in the mood and uh letting you know that yeah we are we're ready. We're enjoying this. We're having some fun. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's click start on some of these things. I'm ready to see what happens. Anyway, uh, yeah, you'll uh, hear about it here first if you hear about it anywhere at all. So uh, what can I say? You guys are wonderful. You guys are beautiful. And without you, there would be no program. Be seeing you. Mid Valley. You're listening to KLFM. Dot org. Memories, Memories of, of Noise, noise Fest, Fest past. in beautiful Split, Croatia. Mutations.
Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you today by Del Monte Tomato Products. Not far from the mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Cafe Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Cafe Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, Memento from Adelaide. I first saw them standing on the sidewalk outside my tambourine. Two men, one tall and thin with a puckered mouth that looked like it had been eating sour apples, the other short and fat, fidgeting with a briefcase and pointing to the numbers that marked the address of my cafe. They stood outside for a moment, jabbering to each other. Then I guess they made up their minds because they came into my place, the fat one in the lead. A few seconds later, the fat one opened the conversation. You, sir, your name, sir, is... Rocky Jordan. As expected. My card, sir. J. Lampo of the PIC, the Pyramid Insurance Company, Home Offices, Alexandria. Huh? Insurance of all sorts, fire, theft, life, health, group annuities, fidelity, and surety bonds, etc. My associate here... My card, H. Manchek, similarly of the PIC, agent for the Cairo district. We are in business for your protection. Well, thanks a lot, fellas. I appreciate that, but I'm not in the market for any insurance. My briefcase... Hmm. Uh, uh, now the papers. Shall I interrogate, or do you wish to mancheck? Whichever you prefer. Look, why don't you start, Lampo, and mancheck and fill in the gaps? Huh? But make it fast. i got a lot to do. We all have, Mr. Jordan. I shall proceed. You could, if requested, secure affidavits from reliable persons attesting you are Rocky Jordan, as you say, and no other. I could. Since I am no other, there must be a point to all this. The Rocky Jordan we have in mind owned an establishment called the Café Tambourine, even as this café is called. Now, this café previously had been located in two other large world cities. Name the cities. Istanbul and San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Am I warm? This Rocky Jordan we have in mind is not native to Egypt. He is an immigrant from another country. Name the country. How about the United States? In what city of this same United States was this Rocky Jordan born? Uh, I'll try St. Louis. Mr. Lampo, this is indeed the man. Our exhaustive investigations the last few weeks prove it to me. And to me. Mr. Jordan, I shall leave these release from claim papers with you. After you have studied them to your complete satisfaction, please to sign them. And then? H. Manchek shall return this evening to pick up the signed papers and deliver to you a check. Payment in full... $40,000. $40,000 in American money, Mr. Jordan. PIC shall then be relieved of its obligation to you. Well, $40,000 is a nice obligation, fellas, but... The Pyramid Insurance Company prefers always to pay claims against it as rapidly as possible. In this case, there was unavoidable delay because you presented no formal claim. Since, however, you are beneficiary, the money is rightfully yours. Look, fellas, I don't like to be a wet blanket, but there must be some mistake. There is no mistake, Mr. Jordan, rest assured. 
We have investigated thoroughly. PIC owes you $40,000. Ever since the death a year ago of Mrs. Adelaide Foss Jordan, your wife. Lampo and Manchek walked out of the tambourine and left me standing there with my mouth open. I figured they were phonies, a couple of loonies working Cairo for laughs. But the insurance papers in my hand looked real enough. So I put in a quick call to the Cairo office of the Pyramid Insurance Company to check. It turned out that Lampo and Manchek did work there, but I still wasn't convinced. So I put in a call to Captain Sabaya, Cairo police, to have a few words with him. Captain Sabaya speaking. Uh, Sam, is Rocky. Good afternoon, Jordan. If you have a moment, I'd like to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Proceed. What do you know about the Pyramid Insurance Company? Why do you ask? Oh, curiosity, Sam. I uh, want to know if they're reliable. Absolutely. I have even taken out a policy with them myself. Ah, uh, all right. Thanks, Sam. Oh, uh, Sam. Yes? Does the name Adelaide Foss mean anything to you? Adelaide Foss? Ah. Uh. Uh, no, no, it does not. All right. Thanks, Sam. See you later. Pyramid Insurance Company was legit, all right. Jay Lampo and H. Manchek worked for it. If they said I had $40,000 coming, I had. And if they said I had a wife, I guess I had that too. Even though the name Adelaide Foss meant nothing to me. Adelaide Foss. Things began to stir in my mind. I moved out of my office over to the bar to have a talk with my bartender, Chris. Oh, Chris. Yeah, Rocky. Wait a minute, will you? What is it, Rock? Hey, what do you know about the name Adelaide Foss? Adelaide? Adelaide Foss. Well, you know her, Rock. She used to work here. Work here? Yeah, about a year ago. Just for a couple of days. Waited on tables, and then she quit. Oh, yeah. I remember now. Sort of a small, skinny girl with a lot on her mind. Yeah, how do you remember so well? I dated her a couple of times. Sometimes you don't forget the girls you date. You know what happened to her? She died. Not long after she left here. How? Accident. She was hit by a car. Why do you bring it up, Rock? Oh, I just had a visit from a couple of insurance representatives. Seems she had an insurance policy. Insurance policy? Yeah, with me as beneficiary. You see, she's got it marked that I'm her husband. Why would she do a thing like that, Chris? I don't know, Rock. Seems a little funny, doesn't it? The day my barely no dies, a year goes by... Her life insurance policy turns up, and I'm $40,000 richer. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, all right. I'd sort of like to know why. Any ideas where I could look for some answers? Why don't you leave it alone, Rock? What do you mean? Well, she's dead. Let it rest. What do you suggest I do? Just sign these papers and collect the $40,000? It's all legit, isn't it? Seems to be. Look, let it lay, Rock. I think it'd be better that way all the way around. Sign the papers, collect the money. It's coming to you. And forget the whole thing. Maybe you're right, Chris. Maybe I'll just do that. That all, Rocky? Yeah. Well, I'll get back to these glasses then. Oh, uh, Rocky, I've got a doctor appointment this afternoon. Only time he could take me. You mind if I knock off for an hour? No, no, not at all. Oh, thanks. I'll leave in a few minutes, but I'll be back before the evening rush. Well, it didn't take a mind reader to figure that Chris knew more than he was saying. So when he left a few minutes later, I tailed him. First, he went to the Pyramid Insurance Company. Then he caught a cab and rode down to the Elmox Bazaar in Old Cairo. He wound his way through it and went in a tent under a crooked sign that said, Astrology, Prince Rico, the Divine. 
I waited up the street in front of a coffee and tobacco shop. The lady who ran it must have taken a correspondence course in high-pressure selling. D.F.N.D. wishes to purchase from my fine shop fine articles of coffee and tobacco. Uh, no, the best selection in all Egypt. Observe the fine coffee from Java and Brazil. Very nice. Observe the unexpected selection of the aromatic She kept up her jabber coffee. and every once in a while tugged at my sleeve. I but I kept my eye on the tent of Prince Rico the Divine. Later, Chris came out again and started to leave the bazaar. You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful split Croatia. But he never made it. <laughs> Next thing I knew, Chris was rolling on the ground. There was a lot of reaction from the people in the crowd at Bazaar. Ah, let me through. Come on, come on, let me through. Do not push. Do not push, Effendi. I wish to see the happenings even as you. I saw it all. Yeah? I saw all that happened. This man had just stepped out of Prince Rico's tent. He started up the Sharia when all of a sudden... All right, let me get a look at him. He is a friend of yours, Effendi? Oh, too sad. The bullet seems to have entered the head. Uh, he's still alive. Call an ambulance, will you? He most certainly, Effendi. Then call Captain Sabaya, the Cairo police. Tell him what happened. I will, Effendi. I will do that most promptly. Rico! Which one of you is Prince Rico? Oh, sir, none of us is Prince Rico. No, indeed, these eyes of mine saw Prince Rico in his purple robe leave the bazaar. Fast? Very fast, Effendi, with the speed of the falcon on the wing. Upon my word, Effendi, Prince Rico the Divine is truly gone. <laughs> Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. The secret is out. Yes, friends, the secret is out. The secret of Del Monte catsup's marvelous flavor. Let me tell it, Larry. Del Monte catsup is made with pineapple vinegar. Pineapple vinegar. In fact, Del Monte has been using pineapple vinegar for some time now. That's the reason you like Del Monte catsup so much. Everybody does. Catsup experts say the finer the vinegar, the better the catsup flavor. And Del Monte catsup made with pineapple vinegar certainly proves their point. It isn't that you taste the vinegar. It's the way pineapple vinegar brings out the very best in the other ingredients. Coke's is all the full, rich flavor from those plump, handsome, vine-ripened tomatoes Del Monte uses. Yes. Pineapple vinegar gives Del Monte catsup flavor an extra lift. Lots more pep. And remember, it's made by Del Monte. No other catsup has it. So if you haven't already tried Del Monte catsup, you'll want to get some right away. Look for it at your grocer's. You'll be surprised at its price. For all its goodness, it's lower than many other quality brands. And now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, Memento from Adelaide. In a little while, the ambulance showed and Chris was carted off to a Cairo hospital. He was in pretty bad shape. A few minutes later, Captain Sabai and his men showed. The crowd was still milling about in the bazaar and it seemed that... They all wanted to get into the act. I saw it, Captain. All that happened. I saw even more than he. Question me. I requested Captain Sabaya question me about the happening. He will lie, Captain. I wish to be questioned first so that my picture will be in the newspaper. Silence. Silence, all of you. Quiet. Now, 
All of you who claim to have pertinent facts shall be questioned in due time. Captain of the police, sir. Mm? Uh, it would be most kind of you if you would allow the newspapers to say that the man was shot in front of my coffee and tobacco shop. Even though this uh, was not so, the publicity would be the most... Yes, later, later, later. Uh, Come, Jordan, let us walk away from the crowd. You are the one I wish to question. Right, sir. Someday, Jordan, I shall learn your secret. What secret is that? How you manage always to be in close proximity of serious trouble. <laughs> this is far enough. All right, Jordan, proceed with what you know of this. There's not much to tell, Sam. There's always much to tell in a case of violence. What were you and Chris doing here at the bazaar? Well, we weren't together. Chris came to talk to Prince Rico. Remember when I called you checking on the Pyramid Insurance Company? Yes. I also asked if he knew anything about a girl named Adelaide Foss. Yes, I remember. She died a year ago in an auto accident. Today, the Pyramid Insurance Company turned up with a life insurance policy for $40,000, with me as beneficiary. Continue. Well, the strange thing about it, Sam, is that she had me marked down as her husband, and I barely knew her. When I mentioned it to Chris, he got worried and came over to have a conversation with Prince Rico. Continue. That's all there is. That's all there is indeed. Jordan, a man is shot on the streets of Cairo. A woman leaves a life insurance policy to a man she barely knows. The man who is shot is connected with both, with the dead woman and the man to whom she has left the money, and you say that's all there is. All right, check with Pyramid. Talk to Lampo and Mancheck. They're the ones who came to me with that screwy policy. I shall talk to Mr. Lampo and Mr. Mancheck and Prince Rico. If you can find him. Then I shall talk to Chris when he is well enough to speak. If he is well enough to speak. Well, at any rate, Jordan, I suggest you keep yourself available for further questioning. There is an atmosphere about this entire case that is completely bewildering. Well, it was evening when I left Sam, and I headed straight for the hospital to talk to Chris, but the doctor said no. I left my number, and he said he'd call me at the tambourine when Chris was in shape to have visitors. I left the hospital and started to call another cab, and I caught a flash of purple robe coming toward the hospital. It figured to be Prince Rico, and I wanted some words with him. But that's when he saw me and started to run. I moved out after him. He started down a dark side street, but his robes didn't make it easy for running. Twenty-five or so paces later, I caught up with him and grabbed him by the back of the neck. Tripped me with a skinny leg, but I held and yanked him toward me. A couple of seconds later, the prince and myself and a half a dozen yards of purple cloth were all entangled in the gutter. Unhand me. You're encouraging the anger of the prince. Uh, sure. But let me go. Uh, maybe, after we have some talk. I have nothing to say to one such as you. Uh, we'll see. Come on, now, on your feet. Oh. You have torn my robe. You have torn my illustrious garment. On your feet now. The stars shall be angry. They shall avenge this ignoble treatment. This afternoon, my bartender went to see you. I do not even know what you're talking about. Uh, maybe you need a little memory refresher, huh? Do not strike me. Why was Chris shot? What did he come to see you about? What do you know about Adelaide Foss? I don't say you don't know anything. But who said I did not know anything? I know all. Prince Rico the Divine knows everything. I read it in the stars. You know, Effendi, that the world is not round, as some say, but is truly flat, that the sky is an inverted bowl, and the stars are the language of the infinite, telling man of his future. Uh, tell me about the past, about Chris and Adelaide. Prince Rico the Divine could give ready answers, but, alas, my mouth is sealed. The stars forbid me to speak. You know, some people are liable to think you shot Chris. I can keep no one from thinking as he wishes. I bet a five-pound note would open your mouth. It would indeed. My mouth would open as large as you like, but no word would come out. Chris knew Adelaide Foss. Knew her well, I'd say. 
I think maybe they went together for a while. I bet you know about that. These days I have said. I know everything. It costs a lot of money to take out a $40,000 insurance policy. Adelaide was a poor girl. Where'd she get the money? Mm. Why'd she put me down as beneficiary? Mm. All right, Rico, come on. Where are you taking me? Consult the stars, buddy. They'll tell you. I grabbed Prince Rico the Divine by his phony royal neck and shoved him into a cab. Ten minutes later, I dumped him into the lap of Sergeant Greco and asked him to have Sam call me after he had a chance to question Rico. Then I went back to the tambourine and put on a call to the hospital. Chris was still unconscious. I sat out at a table and looked through the insurance papers that Lamphorn Manchak had left for me to sign. A moment later, the door opened and H. Manchak walked in. Ah, good evening, Mr. Jordan. Good evening. Ah, sit down, Mr. Manchak. Thank you, thank you indeed. Jay Lampo sends his respects. He had to go back to Alexandria. Huh? Ah, I see you have the insurance papers in front of you. Good. I have the check from Pyramid. If you will just give me those papers, I shall give you the check. I haven't uh, signed them yet. Are they not in order? Yeah, they seem to be all right. Well, what are you waiting for? Oh, I don't know. But you understand, Mr. Jordan, I cannot give you the check until you sign. Uh-huh. My pen, Mr. Jordan. You still do not sign? Perhaps, Mr. Jordan, it would be wise if you and I retired to your private office where we may talk this out more fully. Sure, I'll go for that. Come on. There we are. All right, start talking. Mr. Jordan, it must be apparent to you by this time that there is more to this business than you are aware of, all of which makes it imperative that you sign these papers. I'm afraid you'll have to clear that up. Chris, your bartender, is a friend of yours? Yeah? You are aware that he and Adelaide Foss knew each other quite well? I heard some talk. But I would say that you are not aware of the fact that Adelaide Foss's death was not accidental. What are you getting at? I am simply stating a positive fact. Adelaide Foss's death was not accidental. Now, if suddenly the police get a suspicion of that fact and proceed with an investigation, they might learn that Chris was in love with the girl, but she was not in love with him. They might then wonder if he was not responsible for her death. Uh, I... Get to the point, Manchek. What are you after? This, Mr. Jordan, if you sign these papers. These are perfectly legal papers. Let me impress upon you. I then can turn over you to you this check worth $40,000. Go on. Should you then return $20,000 to me personally, I promise to keep certain information pertaining to Adelaide Foss's death from the police. They consider it a closed issue. It will remain so. That makes a pretty sweet deal all the way around. Indeed. You make $20,000, I make $20,000. And Chris's secret remains hidden forever. Now, me taking that check, you make it sound like the thing to do. It is. My pen. Thanks. First, the insurance papers releasing Pyramid from claim. Huh? Excellent. Here is the check. Thank you. Now, your check to me for $20,000. Well, I don't have that much money in my checking account. Uh, you will. Please endorse your check from Pyramid. Mail it to your bank for deposit tonight. In the morning, I shall be at the bank to cash your check to me. you got it all figured out, haven't you? These many years of experience in the insurance business. Now, you will endorse the $40,000 check and then... Write me one for 20. I did as he said, wrote him a check, 
scribbled an endorsement on the one from Pyramid and sealed it in an envelope. Then Manchek walked me to the mailbox to be sure I dropped it in. After that, he left. But I knew that wasn't the last I was to see of H. Manchek. Before he came back, I had to move fast. The first thing I did was put in a call to Chris to see if he could talk. The doc still said no. Well, if Chris couldn't talk, his belongings could. I caught a cab and went over to his apartment, started to look around. First the bureau drawers, then the closets. Finally, a small desk standing in the corner. When the bottom drawer failed to come open at a pull, I knew I had something, so I kicked it in. Inside, I found a framed picture of a very skinny, very unhappy girl, Adelaide Foss. Clipped to the back of the picture was a faded piece of yellow paper. It was a short note, but it told a lot of things. Right then and there, I knew I had all the answers to the whole rotten mess. The next morning, I was but ready for H. Manchek. He put in an appearance around 10.45, and he didn't seem too happy. Mr. Jordan. Oh, good morning, Mr. Manchek. This is a surprise. Mr. Jordan. I arrived at the bank this morning and attempted to cash the check for $20,000, which you made out in my favor. I was told there were insufficient funds in your account. Is that so? Would you please tell me how that was possible when I myself saw you deposit $40,000 by mail? I'm going to tell you a lot of things. I don't think you're going to like any of them. Mr. Jordan, are you suggesting that I call the police and tell them of Chris and Adelaide? There's the phone. Call thought not. Chris didn't kill Adelaide Manchek. Her death was not an accident, I assure you. No, but Chris didn't kill her, and I can prove it. But I can prove something else that's going to hit you a little closer. You had a pretty good scheme, Manchek. And it went something like this. A lonely girl, shall we say, dies. You sit right down, write a $40,000 insurance policy for her, and predate it before her death. You send the policy and the premium payment to your home office. Everything's fine. You wait. A year goes by. Another premium payment is due company sends a bill to the girl. No answer. The letter comes back. But it's a big policy, so they investigate and find out the girl's dead. Now there's a claim against the company. Pyramid is a legit outfit, so they investigate some more. They find out I'm the beneficiary. Ramfo comes down from Alexandria to pay off the claim. How am I doing? Proceed. After the claim is paid, you move in and try to shake me down for half the money. Uh, uh, Mr. Jordan, may I ask how you intend to prove this? by a piece of faded yellow paper I found in Chris's drawer. It explains why he didn't want me digging into Adelaide's accidental death. It explains how she died. And the handwriting will prove that it wasn't Adelaide Foss who took out the insurance policy at all, because it's not her signature on the policy. And what, Mr. Jordan, is this miraculous piece of paper? A suicide note from Adelaide. I see. May I see this note? Oh, no. I do not believe that such a note exists. You'll be convinced. Sit down. You will not make that... I said sit down! That's better. (laughs) Captain Sabaya speaking. Uh, Rocky, Sam. Come on over to the tambourine, will you? There's someone here who wants to tell you how he tried to fleece the Pyramid Insurance Company. How he threw a bullet into Chris, and how he ended up sitting in my waste paper basket. That's all he did, Jordan? Yeah, there are a few more things. Come on over. I'll tell you all about it. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. Friends, it isn't every day we can sit down to a tender, juicy steak. 
With most of us, that's just a once-in-a-while special treat. You homemakers know it's the everyday meals that count, the low-cost foods that come within the average family budget. Preparing such foods in new and interesting ways, giving them a hearty He-Man flavor is easy with Del Monte tomato sauce. It's been tested for flavor by a generation of good cooks. Why, it's almost as much of a staple with them as pepper and salt. For instance, Mrs. Blanche Clove of Los Angeles said, I use lots of plain meat in one-dish meals, lots of big vegetable casseroles, and I just wouldn't know how to make them without Del Monte tomato sauce. The flavor is just right for our taste. It makes any dish zesty and peppy and better-looking, too. Yes, Del Monte tomato sauce has been my standby ever since we came to California 24 years ago. Thank you, Mrs. Clove. Yes, it is easy to make budget dishes popular with Del Monte tomato sauce. Just pour it on and cook it in. Then notice how that rich, spiced tomato flavor perks up those inexpensive foods. Watch your family enjoy every bite. Next time you go shopping, ask for Del Monte, the original tomato sauce. Back now to Rocky Jordan. Well, Sam came over and bundled up Manchek. He was all used up, and it figured Sam wouldn't have much trouble making him talk. Sam took him down to the lockup, and I said I'd be along soon. First, I stopped off at the hospital to check on Chris. The doctor wouldn't let me stay long, but he said Chris would be all right. So I scooted right back over to Sam's office to brush up some of the details. Sam was rocking back and forth in his squeaky chair, a dossier on H. Manchek in one hand and a pen in the other. Oh, George, and I'm glad you came so promptly. There are still a few questions I would like to ask to make this dossier complete. Uh, shoot, Sam. Oh, first, uh, how is Chris? Seems to be okay. Doc says he'll work it out. Good. A fine young man. Now, Jordan, if you please, would you trace Chris's movement up until the time he was shot? Sure, Sam. When I told him about the insurance policy Adelaide was supposed to have taken out, he knew something was wrong. He went to the insurance company to check. And that is when Manchek became aware that Chris might be one who could spoil his scheme. Yeah, right. Manchek followed Chris to the Elmark's Bazaar when Chris went to talk things over with Prince Rico, who had also known Adelaide and how she died. When Chris left the tent, Manchek cut him down. Mm, I see. Now, about the policy itself, the signature upon it will prove, of course, that it was not Adelaide Fox who signed it, but Manchek himself. Now, why did he choose to call you Adelaide's husband? Well, as near as I can figure it out, if the insurance company had to pay a claim to a husband, there wouldn't be much investigation. Why, I was picked to be the husband. Well, he needed someone who had some association with Adelaide. Yeah. And someone he thought might be willing to shut his eyes and go along with his scheme for the $20,000. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing more, Jordan. Why was Manchek not able to cash the check you wrote him? Insufficient funds, remember? But the $40,000 check deposited... More than covered the $20,000 check Manchek wished to cash. Uh-uh, Sam. The bank wouldn't accept the $40,000 check for deposit. Oh, and why? Because I didn't endorse it right. The name I wrote on the back wasn't mine. It was Adelaide Foss. For 
the finest in tomato flavor, enjoy the whole family of Del Monte tomato products. Del Monte ketchup and chili sauce. Del Monte tomato sauce and canned tomatoes. And Del Monte tomato juice. Remember, buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Rocky Jordan, written by Larry Roman and Gomer Cool, stars Jack Moyles in the title role with Jane Novello as Sam Sabaya and is produced and directed by Cliff Howell with original music composed and conducted by Richard Arant. Remember, you have a date next week at the Cafe Tambourine run by Rocky Jordan. And the story is Pattern for Revenge. <laughs> You're listening to klfm.org in beautiful Split, Croatia.